sermon and this series of asking why we do some of the things. Why do we keep traditions? One individual, as he came in this morning, looked up and said, convenience. I said, yeah, you know, you got a word of truth there that may be a, a good challenge to us. But why do we meet on Sunday mornings and for the most part in our neck of the woods uh, at 11 o'clock? Why is that the time, the day and the time that Christians usually gather to meet? I propose to you that neither are biblically required. Neither. Now what's required is that we meet together. Hebrews 10 is clear. Do not neglect meeting together as is the habit of some. But continue to meet together in order to provoke one another to love and good deeds and to encourage one another. Apostle Paul, uh, in the book of Acts, he meets on the Sabbath, which you know the Sabbath is Saturday. You know, the the Old, Old Testament Sabbath is Saturday. That's the biblical Sabbath. And he would meet regularly in the temple on the Sabbath. We're also told in Acts 20 that the Apostle Paul met with groups of people on the first day of the week. Now, that is our Sunday. The day that we gather together on Sunday. It was, but that's not a prescription. This is important understanding of biblical interpretation. That's not a prescription. It's not saying you must meet on the first day of the week. It's a, it's a description. It's the day that they gathered. Now, we surmise the day that they gathered was because on the first day of the week is the day that Jesus rose from the dead. And so it has been our tradition for a long time as Christian church to meet on Sunday, the first day of the week. Now, for that person that said convenience, for the first century church, that was not a convenient time to meet. Because if you've been in other parts of the world, Sunday is like our Monday. In the first century, Sunday was like Monday. It's like we met tomorrow instead of on Sunday. That's what the New Testament church had. That's the why we meet on Sunday. There was a, a movement early on in the church to celebrate on the day that Jesus rose from the dead. And that's the reason we meet on Sundays. But Paul is clear to say in a number of places, Romans 14 and also in Galatians, that it doesn't matter. Some people hold one day more important than others. Other people hold all the days alike. And Paul is clear to say, doesn't matter. Doesn't matter which one you are. Just be sure to do it in the name of Christ and in His character because Jesus is the reason that we gather. That's why we meet on Sunday. Do you know why 11 o'clock? Is the general time, that late morning is the general time that we gather. And that's you know, largely in the West, that's the case. And that's because two or three hundred years ago, most of us would have lived on the farm. And uh, it was 85, 90% of the people lived in an agrarian, agricultural kind of place. So the reason you met at 11 o'clock on Sunday morning was so that you could milk the cows, slop the pigs, and pick up the eggs. You could do the morning stuff and finish those necessities so that then you can meet at 11. That is the reason that 11 o'clock 
became the main gathering time on Sunday mornings. Now, as we look at our passage today in 1 Corinthians 10, we'll, we'll get some, from Paul, I, I believe, some guidelines for our traditions, for the, the, the reasons that we do certain things, that we have rituals, the reasons that we have traditions. He'll, he'll give us a couple boundaries And then he'll give us the heart, the the focus of the attention that we must always keep before us. It's 1 Corinthians chapter 10, starting with verse 14. Let's pray together. Gracious God, thank you for your written word. Speak to us in the power of your spirit. Uh, Free us in that freedom that only you can bring to hear from you, and to follow you. Let us in in the joy and the peace that only your Spirit can bring, teach us and guide us so that the the traditions and rituals that we fill, that that we keep are are, are filled even more with your glory and your honor. Guide us and lead us so that those things that don't, we'll stop doing. Those ways that we've forgotten you in them, we will remember and reinstate you in our own minds and those show us the ways that we can continue to grow in you and share you with others through the the traditions and rituals that we keep. May indeed, Lord, you show us that they're not for our convenience, but for our growth in you. In the name of Jesus we pray. Amen. 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 10, starting with verse 14. Now, follow along with me if you can, just... Keep it with you, and if you've got your Bible open, keep it open. It's a rather complex passage because it has really some specific things to do with the first century that just don't really relate um, to us specifically today, but in general, I think they do, especially related to how to the traditions and rituals that we keep. Verse 14, Therefore, my dear friends, flee from the worship of idols, I speak as to sensible people. Judge for yourselves what I say. The cup of blessing that we bless, is it not a sharing in the blood of Christ? The bread that we break, is it not a sharing in the body of Christ? Because there is one bread, we who are many are one body. For we all partake of the one bread. Consider the people of Israel. Are not those who eat the sacrifices partners in the altar? What do I imply then? That food sacrificed to idols is anything or that an idol is anything? No. I imply that what pagans sacrifice, they sacrifice to demons and not to God. I do not want you to be partners with demons. You cannot drink the cup of the Lord and the cup of demons. You cannot partake of the table of the Lord and the table of demons. Or are we provoking the Lord to jealousy? Are we stronger than He? All things are lawful. But not all things are beneficial. All things are lawful, but not all things build up. Do not seek your own advantage, but that of the other. Eat whatever is sold in the meat market without raising any questions on the ground of conscience. For the earth and its fullness are the Lord's. If an unbeliever invites you to a meal and you are disposed to go, eat whatever is set before you without raising any questions on the ground of conscience. But if someone says to you, this has been offered in sacrifice, then do not eat it. 
out of consideration for the one who informed you and for the sake of conscience. I mean the other's conscience, not your own. For why should my liberty be subject to the judgment of someone else's conscience? If I partake with thankfulness, why should I be denounced because of that for which I give thanks? So whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do everything for the glory of God. Give no offense to Jews or to Greeks or to the church of God. Just as I try to please everyone in everything I do, not seeking my own advantage, but that of many, so that they may be saved. Be imitators of me as I am of Christ. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. First thing, as we look at that first part of the passage, is that traditions are not meaningless rituals. And they, they have meaning and power in themselves. Uh, if, uh, what, what, and what Paul's talking about in this first section is that one of the questions of the church in Corinth was, can we go with our pagan friends to the pagan festivals at the pagan temples and there eat of the, the meal with them there? It wasn't quite a potluck. And it was part of the whole sacrificial system at those pagan temples. And so they were wondering, can we go there? And Paul unequivocally says, no, you cannot. You cannot go participate in that tradition. Because that tradition, that tradition is, is one in which they may not realize it. I mean, we know they're, they're sacrificing to idols, to a piece of wood or to a stone. And we know that idols are nothing. They are meaningless. But Even the people at these temples may not realize it, but they are sacrificing unto spiritual powers of evil. Unto unto demons. And so you can't participate in that meal and also participate in our traditional meal, the Lord's Supper, which we'll talk about more specifically next week. But he he wants to be clear. These are not meaningless. Some of these things are not meaningless. They, They do have spiritual impact And spiritual meaning and focus. So no, you cannot participate in in those for that reason. Traditions have power. Some of them are more power of forming us and some, like this one in the temple, is a power of a a spiritual element. So I, I think... It's a good reminder to us, recognizing the import and the value to consider the traditions that we participate and how we participate in them. So that, especially when it comes to to secular uh, holidays, uh, secular events, that, that we not be formed by the forces behind those that are not of God. A simple example could be like horoscopes. You know, reading the, the stars or reading your palm. You know, we say, oh, that's just a, a bunch of poppycock. That's a theological term there. It's, it's meaningless. But I think Paul would say, oh, I don't know. Are, are you trying to gain some spiritual insight from some source that is not of God? And clearly, the scriptures as well say to stay away from those kind of traditions. Those kind of rituals, because they're not of God. Uh, another one to, to consider, and I'm going to talk about uh, these in, 
now and a little later with the other boundary. This is just one of the boundaries. You know, that, that they are not meaningless. They have, the traditions have meaning and power. One is Halloween. You know, many have wondered about that particular secular tradition because of the ghouls and goblins and the way, specifically, that it can trivialize evil. You know, can trivialize the devil, can trivialize murder and what is grotesque. So we have to recognize that power. The other is the day that we celebrate today, Memorial Day. I have to recognize the power in that day. I saw a t-shirt being sold at a Christian bookstore that said, By His Stripes We Are Healed, which is a take on King James Version about Jesus. By His Sacrifice We Are Healed. But the stripes were the American flag stripes. And friends, it, that is either at best theologically confusing, at worst that is idolatry. Because those stripes had nothing to do with the death of Jesus Christ for us. So we have to be aware of the traditions that we keep and the power they can have and at times how they may try to impose on the place that God and God alone has. So the traditions that we have do have power in us. They are not meaningless. And so Paul wants to get that across to his hearers and to us. The flip side, the other boundary, is that traditions are not magic. This really relates more to last Sunday's passage. If you have your Bibles open, you look back up to verse 3, 4, and 5 where Paul is saying that Israel, they drank the same spiritual food, they drank the same spiritual drink, they drank from the spiritual rock that followed them, and that rock was Christ. So they, they were eating and drinking the right stuff. They were keeping the right traditions. But nevertheless, God was not pleased with most of them, and they were struck down in the wilderness. So the, the traditions are not... Magic and that simply mindless participation means we are totally caught up in all the power behind them. Especially on the positive side, the traditions of us gathering to provoke one another. Isn't that a great word that, uh, in that Hebrew? We're, we're supposed to be poking and prodding one another, not like a Facebook poke, if you know what that is. Poking and prodding one another to love and good deeds. And that's part of the reason that we gather. To encourage one another to love and good deeds. But just gathering on a Sunday morning at 11 o'clock, as we've always done, or 9 o'clock here, we're so radical, um, doesn't accomplish anything if we're not participating in the meaning of that particular tradition and the power of the Spirit to transform us uh, through it. Calvin, John Calvin said that participating in those kind of traditions that way is like trying to pour water in a jug with its top still on. It just flows over it. So traditions are not meaningless and traditions are not magic. So then the middle ground then that Paul focuses in on the end here, traditions are to help us grow in Christ and share Christ. 
Look for the ways that the traditions and rituals that, that we participate in can help us grow in Christ and share Him. Ways that they bring glory to God. I mean, that's His final word. No matter what you do, do everything, as we just sang, to the glory of God. But don't just do it mindlessly, intentionally. Do it with the glory of God. Go into every tradition now. As, you, as we go through this year, think about how is this, how is gathering here this morning, how is this helping me today grow in Christ, give glory to God, and share Him with others? The second part of the passage can almost seem a contradiction to the first part. You, know, after you read the first part where it says, you do not participate in the, the temple meals... The second part then starts off with all things are lawful. Now it's in quotes, which is a saying that Paul is probably using that day. All things are lawful, but not all things are beneficial. All things are lawful, but not all things build up. What was probably happening in Corinth, they were fighting over Christian freedom. We've been freed in Christ. We can do anything we want. We can go to the temple um, and we can eat the meals there. It won't have any impact on us. Which Paul's saying, no, it's not the case. So he's quoting them what they've probably been saying. All things are lawful. He says, yeah, but not all things are beneficial. Not all things bring glory to God. Not all things build up one another. Not all things grow us in Christ. Not all things help us share Christ with others. And what he's talking about here then, the question they're asking here, are not the feasts at the temple, but as you read in the passage, it's clearly a non-believer, a pagan non-believer has invited this Christian to come home for dinner. I want you to come over to my house today. Well, let's, let's break bread together. And Paul says, go. Man, go. Eat whatever they put before you. This, this isn't part of the, the temple feast. And pretty much, especially in Corinth, all the meat would have been somehow sacrificed to an idol in some kind of gathering. And Paul says, that doesn't matter. What really matters is that an unbeliever has invited you into the house. You have opportunity to break bread with them. Take every opportunity to not offend them, but to share Christ with them. That's what you want with that tradition. That's why you, you set aside the, the, the rituals that may have preceded the meal. Except, he says, unless the one who invites you then mentions to you, you know this has been sacrificed. It's sort of like a don't tell, don't ask, don't tell policy. Unless this has been sacrificed, then Paul says no, then stand up. But not for yourself, not for your own conscience. Don't worry about yourself. I mean, that's the, that's the key point here on, about Christian freedom. This is just an aside, uh, but it's actually a, a crucial element. The, the point of Christian freedom is not that we're free to do whatever we want. We are free now on this, what we celebrate, the, the, the highest element of Memorial Day. We are free now in Christ to give ourselves away to others. To not get what we want. To put it aside for the benefit of others. For the glory of God and for the salvation of those that might hear. That's Christian freedom. So he says, now if they tell you, then you stand up and say, you know, I, I can't eat that. Because that's an opportunity to then give glory to God. To, to demonstrate your commitment to Jesus. And so you don't you know, storm out of the room. You just politely refuse 
and have opportunity then to talk about the convictions that you have for Jesus Christ with this pagan who has invited you into their home. It's not for your conscience that you don't eat, it's for theirs. So the middle ground here for all of our traditions and and rituals is to do what gives glory to God. To do what helps us to grow and helps us share our faith. I mean, Paul has great freedom here. Yeah, everything's lawful, but not everything's beneficial. So then we look at this day or tomorrow, the day that we celebrate Memorial Day, and then we look at it with a a different set through this giving glory to God for celebrating this day that so many will. Then we say, yeah, what a great day to celebrate God's gift to us and to those of, of those who are mirroring Christ, even if they don't know it. I mean, John 15, 13 says clearly, no one has greater love than this, and they give their life for the benefit of another. And that's what we celebrate. That God, His love is so great and grand that He would fill people so that they would put themselves in harm's way for for me and for you. Thanks be to God, for He has led the way. And not just, as I consider this day, as I say, what gives God glory? It's not just for the armed forces, but for police officers, firefighters, others who put themselves in harm's way for the benefit of others. Thanks be to God. That is a a, a metaphor, a symbol. uh, They're living out the love of Jesus, whether they know it or not. And then as I, as I consider this day uh, and, and think of God's glory, I think even uh, and even more so of those who put their lives on the line in order to go into dangerous lands to share explicitly the love of Jesus Christ and the eternal freedom of the soul that He will bring to them. Folks that we support, I mean, for, for me, Memorial Day becomes a wondrous day then of, of celebrating the glory of God through, through those whose names I can't even share with you right now because these words are put on the internet. But they are in such a dangerous place, in, whether it's in Turkey, whether it's in northern Africa, whether it's in Iraq, that they are willing to put their lives on the line so that those who've never heard the name of Jesus... Or even worse, have heard that that Jesus really isn't who He said He is. They are willing to sacrifice for their salvation. Our traditions are to give glory to God. To grow in Him and share Him with others. The the other tradition that I I mentioned of Halloween, I, I may have shared with you uh, before what our tradition as a family is. We've been doing this now for about 10 years. But, but instead of sort of making our own little Halloween in, the, in our own little enclaves, we just bring the grill out to the front yard. And we throw a bunch of hot dogs, or we like to call them tube steaks, on the grill. And, well, you know, and, and we invite the whole neighborhood, hey, come on by, bring the kids, bring them around, and, and let's just enjoy this time together. And, it's a one, and so the front yard is just filled with Darth Vader and princesses and Peter Pan and fruits and 
they're dressed up like fruit or juice boxes one year. I mean, you know how that goes. But it's a wonderful celebration of ways of gathering together. And yeah, we stand up and, okay, I try to quiet down and I yell over them and we pray over the, the, the hot dogs. And, and, you know, it's really good because that's the one night a year that hot dogs are the most nutritious thing they're going to eat. But we, we gather together. We look to this to say, hmm, how can we take this tradition, this habit, and use it for the glory of God? That's why we keep traditions. So I wonder, I wonder for you, where's the, the, the spirit resonating in you? Where are traditions, maybe, that you've just they've lost their meaning? They need to be retooled. They, they, they've focused too, too much on this world instead of on the glory of God and back through Him then to His redemptive purpose in this world. Or, or, or ways that things have become rote for you, whether it's worshiping, whether it's praying, or other Traditions and rituals. Where ways that now God's planted an idea in you. Hey, that's how do we take this tradition and, and add it? And, I mean, that's the habit of the church. You know, Christmas and Easter are that too. They, they were pagan holidays that the church entered into and eventually took over. And you can argue, I guess, about Christmas some. But where's that? What's that idea that God has placed? And you now, as you look at the traditions and rituals of your life. No matter what you do. Catch the end of it. No matter what, you hold a lot, one day important or the other days, or all days are the same. No matter what you eat or drink. Do all that you do to the glory of God. To grow up in Him. And to share him with others. Amen. Now as we celebrate this day. As we celebrate this weekend. Sacrificial love. We celebrate what Jesus has given to us. We celebrate what God has given to us through others who sacrificed themselves for us. And we, therefore, sacrifice ourselves in giving, giving generously, giving joyfully to the glory of God. Let us worship God.